I'm finally at a place where I can courageously say, I want them to fall. I want the things that are not meant for me to fall away. Welcome to the Chelsea Pearson Podcast. I'm Chelsea, a wife, mom of two toddlers, a life and business coach, a network marketing professional with over a decade of experience in social sales and personal growth, and a long-form girl living in an Instagram story world. I am not going to limit myself to 140 characters any longer. So run, drive, work, clean your house, organize your closet. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. I missed a week and it was absolutely the right decision, but I missed, I missed connecting with you and releasing a new episode. So I'm here and wow, I've had an incredible weekend. I was at a three and a half day retreat for women and it was not necessarily business related, but it really was about stripping down all the stories and all of the masks that we can collect and we can pick up as we're working and we're living and we're existing on this earth and reconnect with ourselves and reignite something inside of us personally. And I did not know a soul. I met 12 other women and the host and two facilitators of the event and they were complete strangers to me. And I left on Sunday, actually Monday at 1 a.m., I drove home from the retreat house and I've never felt so deeply seen, so deeply loved, so incredibly connected to other humans. And it was because the work that we did was nonstop. It was, you know, wake up at 7 a.m. bunking with strangers turned sisters and from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, we did really, really deep work. And there was so much, so much magic in the intentional work that we did, and so much practice in between the actual workshops and exercises, and just seeing a stranger and listening and looking in their eyes and holding space for their story and learning about them. And, and it has so radically changed the way that I am going to human <laughs> for the rest of my life. So in sitting down today to record and asking myself, what do I want to say? What do I want to do after skipping a week? And here, just also getting from my producer, Joelle, the most incredible feedback about the growth of the podcast. I realized that I have not been living in my intention for this project. I started to get in my head and plan content out and overthink and look at the numbers too much. And I had said to you guys, like, I just want to be honest. I just want to, I want a space where I can share my heart. And hopefully there's one little part of this that connects with something that you're going through. So this really was a call home for me to just press record and be honest and hold that same space for myself and human to human, just lay it all out there. This morning I went to Target. I had, <laughs> I needed to pick up some things um, while my kids were at 
preschool and I just had a moment to myself to get coffee and recenter. And I don't get a lot of solitude like that outside of my home other than going for runs, which is why I love going for walks and runs outside. Otherwise, I'm in my house. So there's always something to do. There's there's work that can be done. There's things that can be organized. There's stuff to clean and go through. I was just sort of walking through the aisles, so, so grateful to be on the other side of such an amazing retreat. Something that is really important to share. And I honestly was like, how am I going to say this? Because I knew the judgment that I had and the fears that I had going through this, going into this experience. And I've also seen people who I thought would judge me deeply think it was the most incredible thing in the world and see me on the other side and say to me that they've never seen me so free and they've never seen me so happy and they've never seen me so present. Um, And then I've also just shared with a few different people what was going to be happening beforehand. And it was really interesting to see their response and even just their understanding of what I'm talking about. But part of this retreat was a a ceremonial plant medicine journey with psilocybin, so mushrooms. And there is clinical data and there's also clinical application of taking magic mushrooms, um, obviously very specific ones in a specific setting and a specific dose that actually accelerates the way that your brain creates new neural pathways. And there's findings that, you know, for three to six months after taking mushrooms, going on a mushroom trip, depression and anxiety is actually alleviated. And there are people who have had just been in the grips of heroin addiction and alcoholism and PTSD completely be healed because of this process. And so for me, I had people that I deeply trusted both online that I was consuming their podcasts and then also people in real life who were like, yeah, I microdose um, psilocybin or yeah, I've, I've done sacred psilocybin plant medicine ceremonies and my life has changed forever. And I've so, so deeply connected with myself and God and life and love. And I just, I wanted that for myself and I wanted to um, experience that kind of healing because I felt like I was in this loop for so long of judging myself and judging the world and living in fear and in my head and in the future. And I, and I just was like, yeah, I want this. I want to try this. And so Friday, we had the most magical experience. I had the privilege and the great honor of um, working. You know, this was at Ashley Hahn's retreat, Reignite Retreat in Mooresville, North Carolina. So I'm right down the road. So I didn't have to fly to Costa Rica. I didn't have to go far. This was literally in my backyard. But the facilitators that she brought in were um, Blue of Earth and Reggie River Bear, two unbelievable women who were angels on earth. And we were so prepared and like empty of all of our shame and our guilt and our judgment and literal food and the preparation in terms of like being fasted and the right, the right mindset going in, in order and really just establishing like protocol that this was not like taking mushrooms with friends in college and going outside and sitting in the grass. Like this was a ceremonial life-changing experience that has altered the course of my life. And I got to witness this experience with 
I think 15 other women, if you include Ashley and the facilitators, it was just the most incredible experience that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. And I'm seeing it now, two, three days later in action and how I'm present with my kids and how I talk to myself and how I connect with my husband and how I look at strangers. And so full circle, I'm very exhausted from this weekend because it was very demanding emotionally and physically. Although we did take really good care to stay hydrated and well-nourished and sleep. But when you're in a full immersion event like this, it's you're all in and you're playing on the edge and you're bearing your soul and you're sharing your deepest, darkest shames and insecurities and you're witnessing people release pain. And it's the most alive I've ever felt. Like, and I, I feel, I know better than to feel guilt about this because it's just my truth. It was a more life-changing experience than the birth of my children, which was, I mean, <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. I just... I felt so deeply connected to these feelings that I had been carrying in my body since I was a child. And I got to release so much of it. I'm sure there's more in there. It's a li- there's a lifetime of emotions stored in our body that, you know, hopefully we all begin to learn how to process. I mean, if you've ever had a massage and you literally start to feel anger or fear or sadness or you have any, had any sort of trauma we really do carry it in the body and there's science that backs that. But I feel like it was a homecoming and I feel like I have never been more myself ever in my life. So today in my solitude, I'm walking around Target, just my my brain is no longer in the future or the past. Like I've learned how to be present, like truly present with this location, this day, this time, the people around me. And I was just enjoying so much walking through Target with the coffee with no kids. And so I set out to um, get a few things, but I also wanted to get like a meditation pillow or like a floor pillow because something that I took from this retreat as well is like, I really, I need a personal prayer and worship in meditation and reflection, location and practice that I can really anchor myself in because I accessed a level of my spirituality that, of course, we can pray anywhere, we can worship anywhere, we can, as long as it's authentic and from our heart and directed toward our creator, you're good, you're doing it. But I really witnessed and 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 practiced this weekend being very intentional about not only like carving out time for that version of myself and my connection with God, but making it the foundation that I stand on. And this is just me personally, what really resonated with me. So in my office, I have this section, this spot actually right behind me under, behind my desk in my office chair. And there, it's like, it's right underneath the window and all the sunlight pours in and it's overlooking the lake and I'm like, I really want to just create this prayer space, this altar under the window where I can um, journal and connect to those memories and connect to that place and sit in stillness and pray and listen to worship music and look outside at the beauty of this world and where I live. And so I ended up finding a floor pillow 
and it wasn't exactly the one that I wanted in a, a blanket, this white <laughs> Studio McGee quilt, like crochet or knitted or crocheted blanket. And it was pure white. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to leave that in my office so the kids can't get it. And it was so soft. Sometimes, sometimes those blankets look really nice, but they're like not soft or cozy at all, which is not my speed. And so I picked it up with some other things and a candle. I'm like, okay, let me, let me go home. Um, I got to get this set up before the kids are done. And the temperature dropped. I mean, it was like mid sixties two days ago. And then on Halloween, the temperature dropped a lot and it was like 35 degrees outside, which is, it happens in North Carolina, but this is how it happens. Like the weather just all of a sudden changes and it's very erratic. And um, I know that there's, there was a lot of snow in the Midwest. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. It's really cold. And as I'm driving out of this parking lot, um, which is an absolute mess. I mean, it's designed so poorly. You could be like thinking you're turning out of the parking lot and then all of a sudden you hit this like island of cement and have to turn all the way back and switch back and do U-turns and it's me- it's a mess. So I ended up thinking I'm driving out of the parking lot and I had to turn back around and I turn around this curve and there is this man who's very clearly homeless and sitting with his dog right in front of me. Um, and I wouldn't have driven past him if he, if I didn't, have that like median to turn around to. And one of the intentions that I had going into this retreat and this ceremony was to start to really trust my intuition because I've always felt very connected to God. I've always felt like I have a voice that's silent, but a voice inside me that times I thought, okay, this is the Holy Spirit, or this is my conscience, or this is, I don't know what. Um, but there, there's there been things in what I've been exposed to in life, and also in religion, and in school, and relationships, just like where we pick up our stories, or where we pick up our wounds, where I started to doubt that voice. Because Sometimes you get rejected and sometimes you sound stupid and sometimes you're like, I'm going to do this thing. And then on the other side, you don't get the result that you want. So I started to doubt that the voice was something that I should listen to and something that I should trust. And as I got older, not listening to that voice created a lot of self-gaslighting and putting myself in situations where I knew something was happening and I didn't trust myself or I then years later, I was, I was like, wow, this whole time my gut was telling me, my spirit was telling me, my intuition and my instincts were not wrong. And so on the other side of being a mother, I'm like, I'm never going to doubt that. That part of me, like even if she's wrong, she has the best intentions. And every single time I'm in the car with Rob, And I see anybody, a a stray cat, a person that looks like they need help. Like all that I want to do is stop and just fix it right away. Like we have to, we have to do something. We have to do something. And of course, with the amount of pain and suffering in the world, you cannot always stop and, and you cannot always do something. But for me, 
after being so fully seen and so fully loved and so fully listened to and experiencing what I have, which my gosh, I feel like it would take 40 episodes to explain what I experienced in a 10 hour journey, a 10 hour trip and to find the words to articulate it. (laughs) It's a challenge, but it's also so fun to be able to try to put words to what I felt. But I learned and actually I don't, I I didn't learn because I had heard people talk about us all being connected and one consciousness and from one place and um, you know, love one another as I have loved you, love your neighbor as yourself. Like all of these concepts were not intellectually foreign to me, but I actually, in the plant ceremony, in, in a ceremonial circle with these women who became sisters to me, who were courageous and authentic and bared their souls to me and shared things with me that you know, we we didn't share with anybody before. It was so raw and so human and so beautiful to witness. And then to witness them releasing emotion and going, you know, literally witnessing their experience on plant medicine. It is in my body, in my physical. I, I've seen it. I've experienced it knowing that we are all connected. Um, And I think that being a mother as well and having two sons, I connect with men on a totally different level now because I'm, I'm witnessing a small, I mean, I was a little girl, but to see a pure, innocent baby boy become a toddler and eventually he's going to become a child and a teenager and an adult and an older man. I just see someone else's son. I see someone else's brother. I see someone else's friend or lover or, I don't know, in, in a stranger, I see so much of myself. So being in this place emotionally, I listened to the voice and I was like, I have to talk to this guy. I have to go see him. It is so cold. I'm here for a reason. Like 930 in a shopping center on a weekday is pretty, pretty barren. I don't ever go to Target. Like there's a reason why this is happening. And I just turned the volume up on that whisper. And as a woman, I've talked to Rob about this before because I'm not naive. And I very often play, play out the worst case scenario in my head. As a woman, it's harder for me to say to someone who is sitting on the sidewalk or out on the street, can I buy you a meal? because I don't have the physical strength of a man and he could have a weapon and he could drag me into, you know, an alleyway or somewhere and hurt me where, you know, obviously not everyone is in their right mind, but there, you just, you never know, you never know. And they're, they're obviously in such deep neglect and such deep pain and very often also dealing with mental illness. So it's such this, fine line to protect your own safety, but then also be a human being and see someone in need and see their humanity and extend compassion and resources. And I really see that as such a beautiful metaphor for what we do 
on a daily basis where we have to protect our light and our love and our magic and from that place overflow into other people. And it's never going to be perfect, but we cannot we cannot risk our light going out in order to save others, but we cannot protect our light so carefully that we don't see outside of ourselves. I parked and I just decided like this is a human being in front of me. This is a human being and I'm here. And I have we talked a lot about radical responsibility this weekend and if I am able to respond in the moment then it's my responsibility. And that's just a value that I'm choosing to live live by um, and live out. It just makes sense to me in this headspace and this heart space. And from what I've experienced, I can't save everyone and I can't fix everyone. And I, I don't need to. I just need to respond to the people that are in front of me. So I just decided like this, this person's in my path for a reason today. And I got out of my car and, you know, I didn't approach too quickly. He had a dog with him. So I just asked him, can I buy you, can I buy you a meal? And it was very clear in his response to me that he was very cold and very coherent and he declined. And I asked him what, what I could get for him. Could I get him a blanket? Could I get him gloves? Could I get him water? What did he need? Did his dog need food? And I proceeded to have a conversation with him. And I, I cannot comprehend how somebody can live through a life in the woods and a life on the street. And I know, I'm, I know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who do. But like I'm literally sitting in a heated BMW and driving away from Target with stuff to create a prayer corner in my beautiful home like what do you what do you need what can I what can I do and I ended up having about a 10 minute conversation with him about how he um, what he needed and luckily there was a Dix right there so I went and made sure that he had everything he needed to stay warm and he shared with me about where he's living and why he can't find shelter and um, he doesn't want to leave his dog so but he's used to be on on meth and then he was an alcoholic and he's completely sober and of course that could be you know the truth or the not not the truth but that's not really my job to judge other than for my own safety and my own decision making and one of the things that I learned this weekend was to listen in full silence and hold complete space for the person that you're you're talking to and to stare them in their eyes and not just like listen to repeat it or to respond, but just like, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to listen so that this human being has a completely blank, open vessel to receive whatever they have to say. And it just was such, it was such a blessing to be able to sit with him and hear about how he ended up where he did and how he's getting resources and how often he's there. And um, I got to pray with him and I got to hug him and I got to, I just was so unbelievably blessed by that little whisper, just like stop 
and have a conversation and listen and love this person in front of me and be fully present, even though there might be something else to do. As, as long as I'm not dishonoring someone else, it's kind of the way that I'm navigating this new version of myself. I want to be present. I, I want to live from a place where I fully trust that the people that are supposed to cross my path, cross my path and not worrying about them being the right people or the right friends or the right clients or setting up the right schedule or the right meeting or doing it the right way or hiring the right people. And that's so, that's such surrender and such abandon. And I've, I've had that in seasons of my, my personal life, never in my business and never as a mom who's scheduling a lot and has a team that she employs and then has tons of clients and, and there's just the cogs in the machine are so much more complex than they were when I was a single woman going to class in college and working a job like that. I don't mean to make light of it. It just was way easier for me to say, I'm going to let happen what happens. What I know and that's the question that I keep asking myself when I'm stuck and my very best coaches and my very best teachers have taught me when you don't know, focus on what you do know. Ask yourself what you do know. Tap into that wisdom. Well, what does make sense? You know, it's so funny. It actually, um, if you if you go check out Blue, um, she's at Blue of Earth on Instagram and everywhere. And she's got a podcast called Deja Blue. Um she said this in ceremony and I didn't realize it was actually the quote in her Instagram bio, but she says, um, I don't know what the truth is, but I know what love feels like or something along those lines. And, you know, for me navigating organized religion and just my own wounds within churches and, you know, friends who relationships who have obviously been less than perfect because we're human. It's been hard for me to feel connected to my spirituality and my faith, which has been the cornerstone of my life because there's so much hypocrisy and there's so many contradictions of even within in the church, you can believe or interpret things a different way. And there is a group of people that are going to tell you you're wrong and you're not doing it right. And that's not true. And so when there's so many contradictions and there's so much that doesn't add up, it's very easy. And I've lived in this place where you go, I don't want any of it it's impossible to please everybody or it's impossible to believe it perfectly or it's, or it's impossible to do it right. So I just am not going to do it. I'm going to lay it down. And I had to lay it down because the contradictions and the infighting was too painful for me. It was, And I didn't have the heart space and the head space to say, it can be gray and all of these things can be true because you're hearing from so many different angles that there's only one tiny narrow path and there's only one right way. And of course, their way is the right way. And what's brought me back so deeply to not only believing in my bone marrow that there is a benevolent creator and that love and truth and grace and compassion and patience and generosity and all the things I was raised on are not only real, but they're what is going to change change the world and heal people and end the wars. Like all these big, broad, moral, all of it, uh, spirituality, life, politics, like you, just the, 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 the life stuff, the dark and the light. 
um, her quote that what, what she had shared really embodied what I experienced before, during, and after this weekend. I'm like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is I know what love feels like and I know what listening to my intuition feels like and I know what seeing someone suffering in front of me does to me and I know that I have so much more than I'll ever need to sustain myself and so I can give a lot of it away and I want to and I don't want to live in the past and I don't want to live in the future. It feels so good to look in front of my work or my family or my kids or my friends or a stranger or the woman at the checkout and really see them and really interact with them and treat that moment like it's sacred. And I'm, I feel like I've been on low power mode for the last four or five years and I feel like the brightness setting on my life and the color is coming back but in a peaceful way not in a hustle way not and I have to prove myself or be bigger or better or faster or stronger or more generous or dreaming bigger or executing better or making the biggest impact I'm just in this place where I'm going to record this podcast and the people who are going to hear it are going to hear it And I trust that it's going to do something to you. And if no one needs to hear it, no one's going to listen. And if everyone needs to hear it, everyone's going to listen. And I just want to treat my life that way, like a practice of being present. It makes sense to me finally. I want to be here. And in the moments where I can't be here because there's fear or there's shame or there's grief or there's rage or there's dread or there's anxiety or there's depression, There is a reason why all of those feelings are here and it's because I've been resisting them. I haven't been feeling them. I haven't been facing them. I haven't been processing them. And my job, the privilege of being alive is to look at that thing and work through it and clear it out so I can live lighter and I can live present and I can live face-to-face with anyone that I have the blessing of encountering and just being with them fully and loving them fully and drinking up the moment fully and doing what I can fully. And I think about the way that, yes, things are going to have to change. There were things in my business and my life that weren't working. I have to limit my social media time. I have to be more strategic with the way that I work and organize my life so that, or maybe even just get rid of a lot of stuff in my life and my business so that I can be present in each pocket of responsibility. But yeah, I know like relationships and certain achievements or expectations that I have about the way that things should be are going to fall if I'm not white knuckling and I'm not spinning a million million plates. But I'm finally at a place where I can courageously say, I'd l- I want them to fall. I want the things that are not meant for me to fall away. And I want the things that I truly believe God has in store for my path and in store for my life, the people, the opportunities, the clients, the views, the possessions, all of it, like I'm just at a place where I 
I surrender it all so that I can be here and I can be with you when I'm with you and I can be a better mom. And I think about the kind of mother that my sons are going to have now who is fully with them when she's doing her best. And obviously (laughs) this is a practice that will never be perfect. But how I love my husband, how I love my kids, how that impacts generations, how I treat strangers, how I approach my work, how I approach my play, how I go out into the world and just absorb the beauty around me. It's already changed the course of my life, putting myself in that heart space. And it will continue to. So that's what's on my heart today. (sighs) I couldn't do it without the tears. But listen, if you ever have the opportunity in a very safe and ceremonial way to experience plant medicine, it is outrageous. (laughs) It is outrageous. And it has healed so much of me. And it has brought me on my knees so, so deeply connected to who I know God made me to be and so hungry to strengthen my my relationship with him and with the people around me. But <laughs> all of these things you can do without that. You can, in the stillness or in a conversation with a coworker or a friend or your child or yourself, Just pay attention to what's happening and slow down the things that we are chasing out there or that we're remembering back behind us. They do not hold a candle to what is here in the moment. And it felt felt impossible to me in my depression and anxiety and deconstruction and figuring myself out to feel that way. But the reason it felt that way was because I was facing really a spiritual awakening and I wasn't staying in my lane and I was listening and I was feeling and I was empathizing and I was paying attention and I was questioning and I was getting to know myself and I was living on the edge, challenging, just challenging it all. And that is heavy and that is hard. But I think that that's a path that we can't avoid. And in the breaking down of all those walls and all those pieces, it really has been a purification process that's allowed me to be present. And then just like meditation teachers and spiritual teachers and pastors teach whatever comes up in prayer, whatever comes up in the stillness, acknowledge it, love it, pray about it, don't judge yourself for it. Ask ask for support with it. Don't beat yourself up, please. I I've beat myself up enough for all of us and it doesn't it's it's not love. The only thing the only thing that can heal, the only thing that can release all of this is love. Self, love for yourself, love for what you didn't know, love for who you were back then, love for the opportunity in this moment to still be here and face this stuff. It's worth it. And there's so much magic here right now. 
Thank you for spending your time with me today on this episode of the Chelsea Pearson podcast. I can't wait to hear what made an impact or what you want to hear next. You can let me know on Instagram or in your internet browser at chelseapearson.co. Drop the M. Dot coms are overrated anyway. And you'll find so many more ways to learn, links to explore, and ways to work together. And if you could take a moment and share this with a friend who needs to hear this message or leave a rating and review, it would mean the world. Check out the show notes for everything mentioned in this episode today and have a great day. You are enough. You are loved. You are just getting started. Life only gets better from here.